This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Mess it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Here comes the last DJ. It is Friday, July 2nd. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the savage one, Mr. Tony Spark, live and in studio. Tony, how you doing this morning? Hey, buddy. It is good to be here live in Sparks, Nevada, back home, uh, ready for a fun new episode. And, uh, you know, yep, got a little rest and, uh, yeah, got Got uh, a headphone set that didn't charge correctly, so got two cords coming out. That should be a good time. Uh, other than that, man, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. You know, that's always sort of the joy of, uh, you know, getting set up in a new place. It's obviously not, you know, at home, familiar. You know, we've got cords and plugs and everything going everywhere. But, uh, you know, and even at the top of the show, we had some weird, like, uh, audio loop that was going on <laughs> but uh, got that figured out real quick and uh you know what we're here for a brand new show so absolutely uh, hey and there's a new background you know something different to look at a little different view but uh yeah man it's great to be here in studio with you it's nice yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it and it's friday so uh, friday before a holiday yeah. weekend which is even that much better absolutely man you gotta love that <laughs> well folks let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host Tony, if you had the gall to impersonate an officer, what would be the worst case scenario to happen to you in pretending to be law enforcement? Well, that one would be obviously if you pull over a real police officer or a police officer's uh, family member, something as we learned in uh, Florida Man the other day, uh, you know, it could get you uh, get you a sticky situation. So, but it would probably be pulling over an actual police officer. And, and not, you know, doing it correctly. So I would, I would imagine that'd go really bad. Well, you just about hit the nail on the head. Uh, a Louisiana man was arrested this week after law enforcement authorities say he impersonated a police officer and tried to execute an unlawful traffic stop on another vehicle. Unfortunately for the alleged counterfeit cop, the driver of the vehicle he is said to have pulled over was not only an off-duty sheriff's deputy, He was a sheriff's deputy who responded to a domestic violence call earlier in the year involving the alleged imposter patrolman. Bottom line, the deputy knew the defendant wasn't a member of law enforcement, uh, said the local sheriff. The Assumption Parish Sheriff's Office announced that Vincent Vinnie Marks, 27, of Plaquemine, Louisiana, was taken into custody on Monday and faces one felony charge of false personation of a peace officer. 
According to a press release, the incident began with a June 10th traffic incident that involved a near collision on LA 70 near Bayou Corn, where the off-duty deputy was driving. Soon after the near accident, traffic continued normally until a vehicle driving behind the deputy began flashing his headlights continuously. The real deputy continued driving with the defendant in pursuit until he came to a convenience store parking lot and pulled in. The defendant also turned into the parking lot and blocked the deputy in, per the news release. Marks then allegedly got out of his car and approached the deputy's vehicle. He presented a badge to the deputy and represented himself as being a police officer. But the sheriff's department said that the deputy recognized Marks as being a party to a domestic incident in Pierre Park earlier this year. It is not currently known whether Marks was charged in that matter. The Assumption Parish Sheriff's Office launched an investigation into the incident and concluded that Marks was not, in fact, employed by any police department. A warrant was subsequently issued for his arrest. Marks was released after posting a commercial bond in the amount of $10,000. So not only did he impersonate a police officer, pull over an off-duty police officer, but the off-duty police officer recognized him from a domestic uh, uh, dispute I mean, talk about the worst luck possible. But at the same time, you know, what was what was the uh, um, liar, liar? Uh, Don't break the law, asshole. Yeah. Quit breaking the law, asshole. <laughs> You know, if you don't break the law, you won't get caught. And obviously, he got caught because of a numerous amount of reasons. But uh, it's it's why we enjoy, you know. He's, the criminals are stupid, man. They just are dumb. It's ridiculous, you know. But uh, they try, and they're out there. And part of the reason that uh, we have so many good segments on this show yeah, is because of Yeah, we get a of lot dumb. of them. They seem crazy and fake, but, man, they really happen. <laughs> well, folks, as I mentioned, it is Friday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down Friday. We're looking forward to the weekend, but not before we bring you guys good news, everyone. We've got a segment called Analog versus Digital, and of course, we round out the day with This Day in History. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, those are backs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media dot u-s forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Yeah. 
Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we've got a little thing we talk about each episode. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day week voicemail line, giving you guys, the listeners and watchers, an opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you impersonated a police officer and accidentally pulled over a police officer. (laughs) We want to hear about it. Go ahead and give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is Friday, and as we like to do on Fridays, with so much bad news, hate, vitriol, divisiveness out there, we like to turn the tables a little bit and bring you guys something I like to call... Good news, everyone! So I'll go ahead and kick things off with my good news story. Sewing is a craft that's been passed down through the ages from mother to daughter and from father to son. Traditionally, it's also served as one of the few consistent sources of income for women, especially marginalized ones. Margaret Jankowski learned to sew from her mom. As an adult, rather an avocation than a vocation, it wasn't something she pursued full-time, but she enjoyed it enough that she taught sewing classes and created clothing for her first child. In 2004, in the wake of the tsunami that devastated Sri Lanka, the story of a woman whose dream of becoming a tailor was dashed after spending years saving up to buy a sewing machine struck a chord that resonated with Jankowski. I could easily make a living without my sewing machine, Jankowski told uh, Christian Science Monitor. That wasn't true of this woman. Inspired, Jankowski made a spur-of-the-moment decision to find a way to get some machines to Sri Lanka. Her original thought was to simply get a hold of a few used machines and send them on. But when she outlined her plans on the local news, the project took on a life of its own, and donated machines started rolling in. In 2005, the first shipment of 25 boxes containing toys, medical supplies, fabric, and sewing machines were distributed between five orphanages in India and Sri Lanka. In addition to creating clothing, the machines were used as learning tools to teach the children occupation they could put to good use later in life. Since then, the sewing machine project has rehomed 3,350 sewing machines to recipients facing a variety of socioeconomic challenges, resulting from a variety of causes including war conflicts, natural disasters, and generally, uh, general, (laughs) boy, it's not even Wednesday. Not, Not even Wednesday, buddy. Generational poverty. Poverty. Jeez. Poverty. Poverty. After Hurricane Katrina, hundreds of machines were delivered to New Orleans Mardi Gras costume makers. They've also found their way to Guatemala, Kosovo, and closer to home at immigrant training facilities and halfway houses for women trying to overcome drug addiction. As valuable as learning to sew can be as a source of livelihood, whether you're sewing to make something new or repair something old, creating something beautiful or something strictly utilitarian, being able to say, I made this, is an affirmation of self-esteem that can be life-changing. Nowhere is that more true than a pilot program in Rankin County, Mississippi. Inmates at the Central Mississippi Correctional Facility began turning out backpacks filled with reusable menstrual pads and undergarments for girls in countries who often found themselves unable to attend school due to lack of sanitary items. Since its inception, Director Renee Smith has seen a definite shift in the participating inmates' attitudes. They know they're making a difference in the life of someone else, she told CSM. To me, that's huge. 
The sewing machine project, which is based in Madison, Wisconsin, accepts sewing machines of every brand. The only caveat is they must be in working condition. The Brothers Sewing Machine Company recently donated 500 machines, 25 of which went to Zaman International, a Detroit area nonprofit serving uh, marginalized women and children, many of whom are immigrants and refugees. Jankowski currently fields 10 to 15 emails every week from international groups looking to receive sewing machines. Having started the program almost on a whim, she initially had no idea just how huge the demand would be. Sadly, she says the funds aren't available to supply everyone who asks at the moment, but she hopes in future uh, the program will be able to expand the meet to meet the growing need. As with many charitable programs, the parameters of the COVID-19 pandemic has forced a shift in the way the Sewing Machine Project operates its outreach, but here Janikowski is especially hopeful. One of the many gifts I've received in leading the Sewing Machine Project is the opportunity to see not only the need that exists all around us, but also the creative ways in which people and organizations work to address that need, she said. Resiliency, bending and swaying in the face of challenge shows up everywhere. We adapt and we look to one another for support. Together, all of us are working to meet the needs of those who can benefit from the healing power of sewing. And while the transition may not be seamless, pardon the pun, <laughs> the Sewing Machine Project uh, plans to continue its mission to make the world a better place one stitch at a time. So, uh, you know, sewing, obviously not a craft that you or I are really into, but it is a livelihood for a lot of people out there. A lot of people who don't have the means or it's just a, a good skill to learn as they've done here, which makes it my good news, everyone. It is a very good news story. Uh, I wish I had the skill every time I try to sew something, it just seems to undo itself. And it's like, ugh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> uh, this one's kind of a random one. Uh, we'll see... Uh, seems positive and i tie it with my real life job and uh the gods of twitterverse are uh miraculous oh words are hard for you yeah too. yeah well this that's a tough word Mercur Mirac miraculous is mercurial mercurial and unpredictable i don't know if it's supposed to be miraculous like but anyways i digress this is a tough word all hashtags aside, why some tweets trend and others tank is anyone's guess. So when a doting daughter's random tweet recently scored a dream job interview for her dad, it came as a huge cosmic surprise to everyone involved. Like many, Rebecca Mix's 50-year-old dad, Jeff, my name's Jeff, was laid off from his last job due to coronavirus-related cutbacks. As an older worker, <clears throat> finding employment was likely going to be tough. But Resolute Jeff was not ready to retire. He was determined to land a new gig. His dream job? Something, something public-facing that would keep him on his feet. For Jeff, who'd done his homework on the company culture, that meant Costco. Knowing he was likely out of his depth, Jeff turned to Rebecca for guidance in navigating the current job market. After promising to help him update his resume and gently teasing him that a 21st century email might be in order... Rebecca posted a few humorous tweets about his dad's weirdly particular job ambitions and then says she forgot about them. When the tweets might have slipped Rebecca's minds, the power of social media, who were paying attention, uh, the media, so, blah, 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 blah. the powers of social media were paying close attention. Mixed messages somehow hit the radar of Costco CEO Craig Jelnick, who contacted several store managers close to Jeff's Michigan home, requesting they bring him in for an interview. One of those managers reached out to Rebecca via Facebook to let her know 
her serendipitous tweet had hit his mark in a big way. I called my dad who didn't answer, texted him a screenshot, and called him again as someone who only FaceTimes by accident. He didn't really understand why I was freaking out. Rebecca recalled in a piece for The Guardian. The sheer ridiculousness of a random tweet making it to the desk of the Costco chief executively most escaped him. While Jeff was excited by the prospect of a job interview, he remained cautious about the final outcome. Even after his final meeting in which the enigmatic topic of Twitter never came up, he still wasn't sure he was going to be hired. However, while it took some time for the offer to come through, Jeff nailed his second interview. He texted a photo of his brand new employee badge to Rebecca with thanks. After his first shift, Jeff checked in with Rebecca to let her know that the job looked to be pretty much everything he had been hoping for. She couldn't have been happier. This past year has not been kind to my family, Rebecca wrote. Like many, we didn't emerge from the pandemic without the loss of loved ones. It's a gift to have this odd, wonderful, weird spark of joy amid a time of grief and chaos. On a final positive note, Rebecca reports that when one of her dad's new co-workers joke, I wonder where they're going to hire the Twitter guy, while the complex, the complex of social media might still escape him, Jeff had the satisfaction of being able to say, I'm that Twitter guy. Aw, isn't that tweet? That, that was the little ad. Um, great on Jeff to get in at uh, Costco. Um, if he was in Timnath, it'd be pretty easy. You know, <laughs> all you got to do is uh, get your app in and uh, good. No, I just wonder, it didn't say what position he got hired for. I wonder if Jeff was smiling, pushing carts or, yeah. uh, you know, cleaning a blow up in uh, the men's stall. But either way, Jeff, welcome to Costco. Hopefully he's still there. I don't, this was posted June 23rd. So I, I, Figure it's relatively quick, but how awesome is the daughter? And and uh, for our CEO to see it, I didn't know he used Twitter. But uh, again, I don't I don't really follow any of that uh, in my personal life. I, I work there. I work hard. I love the company. So awesome to hear that uh, it came across Craig's uh, desk, um, and then it ended up in the hands of the GMs and see if they could find a spot for him. It looks like they did. So real cool story there. I'm glad they are able to get their foot in the door, especially in Michigan. I'd imagine that's, uh, you know. Tough place to get into. Yeah, so, but he's got a good rest of his little end of, uh, you know, post-career gig. It's, uh, I'm sure it'll be fun. We just hired a couple of uh, guys that were close to retirement, but not quite ready to retire yet. And I got to tell you, the work ethic and uh, their bubbly, upbeat attitude, if it's anything like Jeff's, good stuff. That's awesome. And, you know, the, the corporate culture of Costco always amazes me. There's few brands where you can say the brand name and know exactly what the culture is. Costco is one. Chick-fil-A is another. Um, you know, it's just amazing the, the quality that they put forth. And then, uh, you know, managers like yourself, Tone, who uh, do the training, who try and part that culture into the uh, new employees, whether they're, uh, you know, kids just fresh out of high school or, uh, you know, somebody who's uh, starting a second career. Yeah, it's always good, especially when you get the ones that really want to learn it and they want to contribute, be a good part. Um, got a couple of young guys in the night in my night crew that are like that. And then, of course, you got the older crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really cool to see um, when you get it all, of course, you know, like any other job, you do get the the lazies, I'm just here for a check. See, I don't care. <laughs> right. But you do get that too. But. Very cool. Well, I'd say that certainly qualifies as good news, everyone. 
And I got to say, every time you said the name Jeff, I wish I had that soundbite. You know, and it sucks because I do have the soundbite right here, but I can't. If I play it, it's pointless. Right. It won't do anything. So my name's Jeff. My name's Jeff. Uh, Welcome to Costco. I love you. Wanted to hear it, but sadly. So so many, like, so in your head. Yep. Play yeah. those sound bites. But if you're a regular listener of the show, it you, played in you, your head just yeah. as it did mine. So. I like turtles. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for good news, everyone. When we come back, we've got a segment called Analog versus Digital. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to enjoy us from the comfort of your own couch or on the go, just download the NGBN.TV smart TV app or mobile app and find the Phoenix Media channel. You can get this great show and other great Phoenix Media shows there as well. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at Facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix media radio tony's available at facebook.com forward slash tony spark that's s-p-a-r-k 81 or on instagram at tony.sanfilippo 81 now in the segment that i've titled analog versus digital uh came out of a conversation i had with uh jesse on our drive back up from southern california about uh you know audiobooks and uh, uh kindle books versus uh you know physical books and it got me thinking about uh you know what is better? What stands the test of time, the analog version of something or the digital version of something? So what I'll do, Tone, is I'm going to run down a, uh, a product that has both sort of sides of it, talk about you know the analog versus the digital, and find out uh, what you prefer personally. All right. So uh, do it. this segment, as I mentioned, is called Analog versus Digital. Don't worry, I won't make you listen to the whole thing. <laughs> Brings back. I, I felt like we were trying to get on to AOL there. Exactly. Brings back some terrible memories. But uh, in any case, so the example I gave were books. You know, for me personally, I prefer a physical book, paper, either hardback or uh, um, um, uh, not softback, but uh, paperback. Um, paperback, thank yeah. you. Versus, you know, an audiobook or even a, a Kindle or e reader version. So that's the example I gave. Uh, the first up is watches. Now, obviously, we both wear our Apple watches, which are great for um, getting updates. Uh, you know, obviously seeing what the weather is. If you've got that little thing program- programmed in there, uh, it tracks your exercise, all of those great things. But there's also something to be said about analog watches with mechanical movements, whether it's battery powered or kinetic, um, you know, just the dials, Swiss movements. And so my question to you, Tony, is do you prefer the analog version of a watch or the digital version of a watch? I actually like both. Um, I tend to just wear the Apple watch or the, you know, for the the step tracking uh, workouts, um, I do like that you can change the background. You kind of see everything that's going on. But I like the look of an actual analog watch, like a nice, like, uh, 
just dress watch it goes good if you're dressing up it looks a lot better looks more professional like if you're going to an interview you're going on a date stuff like that so um, I really do uh, like the analog watch when it comes to that but in everyday practical use uh, digital watch I enjoy using more and I'm the same way so day to day throughout you know my productivity I enjoy my Apple watch my digital watch but I have a collection of analog watches that you know if I'm going out somewhere nice or, or doing something I'll throw that on because you know it's just a classic timeless look yeah it looks great too it goes very well uh, when you're dressing up it's it's, it's sharp yeah well, let's keep moving on with analog versus digital all right, the next one is music. So uh, on the digital side, obviously, you know, we've got services like Spotify, Apple Music, where you can download music, you can stream music. Uh, it is, for the most part, pretty good quality. I mean, you can get up to 320 kilobytes per second, but you still get a little bit of that digital uh, um feedback to it mm -hmm. versus analog which you know that could be cds that could be cassettes or what most people prefer records you yeah. know the old uh, turntable vinyl records that uh, you know they have a unique sound to them a unique warmth to them but between analog music something you can physically hold tone or the digital music with the uh, downloads and the streaming which do you prefer oh man i used to really love uh that buying the actual cd for the artwork so you got it kind of it goes 50 50 on that you you know when you buy a cd um was never a big cassette collector didn't have a lot of those but uh you know i guess in my early early days i did but uh cds are great because you get the artwork the books i really love the little booklet it comes with uh, the time it takes to if they actually designed the actual cd if it wasn't just mm -hmm. a plain with the titles of what track that was those were kind of boring. written in sharpie yeah no, a... <laughs> well no like you think back of the like metallica master of puppets album where it just was electra it just said metallica master of puppets yeah. track one and so forth but uh, anymore i love digital i think digital gets me more into new artists new new albums that i didn't know were coming out maybe if i haven't followed like uh for example you and i are listening to the new light the torch album uh, it came out last week, and uh, they've been slowly dropping a track here, a track there, kind of build you up for it. So you're like, oh, wow, they do have something new coming out. And, you know, thanks to Spotify and, you know, following new releases, things like that keeps you on your toes for new albums. So uh, it also gives you a chance where if, uh, you know, nowadays you're listening to full albums, um, gives you a chance to actually buy where you're like, cool, I would buy that mm -hmm. or I'd buy an autographed version or I'm going to go to their show. I'm, I'm into this band now because of that versus the old days where if you didn't hear it on the radio or anything, it was kind of a crap shoot. If you bought the album, if it was good or not. So, yeah. uh, would lean more on digital on that one. Yeah. And the nice thing is, I mean, I've got a Spotify, uh, subscription. I pay 10 bucks a month, which you would basically spend for one CD for an entire library of music, you know, pretty much anything that I want at, you know, yeah. the push of a button. Now, uh, with that being said, at towards the end of the run of CDs, artists started releasing like behind the scenes making yes. of uh, DVDs in association with it, or uh, you know, music video compilations, which were always cool as a collector's item. But the CDs themselves, uh, I don't even have a CD player in my car. So yeah, well, and that's the thing. It's I I've, I got rid of all my CDs and I kept Metallica ones. But what they do is, you, if you watch 
the show on a regular basis, if you ever see in the background of where I'm normally at, you could actually see them. They're just mounted on my wall. I have them as a decoration piece now. Yeah. Like I don't ever listen to them. Um, in fact, uh, I got to say the last CD I bought was 10 years. Um, they bought, they had a special album they released and it was only on CD. It wasn't digital. So I bought it, but it was autographed. So as long as there's a certain perk, I'm cool buying it. But like you nowadays, you know, I do have a CD player in my car, but I can't tell you the last time I ever used it. So. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, let's keep moving on with analog versus digital. Good conversation on that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I thought about it in the car. It's a, it's a like, huge topic. You can do almost like a whole thing just on music. I'd go on rants about it. Hey, I mean, you can see from Easy. my list here. I mean, we're, we're only scratching the surface of possible topics to yeah, talk see, about. This is behind the scenes list. Yeah. I can see this now. Yes. <laughs> yes. So the next one is photos. Obviously in the digital age, our phones now are basically mobile cameras. In fact, most people buy their phones based on the camera quality mm -hmm. because you can take as many pictures as you want, delete what you need to. But in printing out a physical photo, it's, it's a little bit harder versus the analog days where, yeah, you know, you had the camera rolls and you know, you had to uh, take it to your local CVS or Costco and have it developed and just hope that you took good pictures. Right. Or you had the instant gratification with a Polaroid camera where you'd take the picture, shake it, and the picture would develop from there. Between Andre 3000 style. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. between the physical analog photos or our digital uh, camera phones, Tony, which do you prefer in that realm? Huh, I actually, you know what? I, I was... I was in love with digital cameras i thought they were great and everything but our phones have evolved so much that i have a digital camera and i never use it I've, i never bring it with me i always have my iphone and i get praised like oh you take such great photos well i might catch good shots but it's the you know it's the sharpening of the filters and all the cool options that these phones have that i'm able to make them that much better um so i'm a huge fan of the digital um I like to still, I'm glad that like CVS still allows you to print them out because I do like to print out photos. I do like to display them. If you come to my place, you do notice I have a lot of photos hanging. Um, it's just great conversation piece. When people come up, people like to look at things. People like to stare at stuff. Um, I, I throw little Easter eggs in my photos sometimes, you know, <laughs> Taylor like, Swift here. Yeah, there. exactly. You look at things. So fan again, I gotta say digital while i do respect and appreciate the original of the analog there fair enough and then finally here on analog versus digital here's one that i know your answer it's going to be the same as mine video games mm -hmm. so and we're talking about uh, you know the newest thing right now is uh you know the console makers are, are starting to make them without drives you know you play them in a cloud system you know you have the google stadia or the amazon luna where you just sort of download it or you stream it live and play it that way versus the old school where you got the cartridges that you had to blow into or even the cds that you could collect have a nice collection there uh, maybe some resale value if you needed but uh, between the old school analog cartridges and discs versus the new school streaming or downloading tony what do you prefer uh well you gotta say the digital is clean um, but there's nothing like old school gaming, man. So exactly. you, you see right behind here, the Street Fighter cabinet. Uh, old school is always the way to go. I, I love the fact that the Nintendo Switch is actually a little cartridge. And I yeah. actually go out of my way to buy the physical copy. Video games, I, I prefer the old ways. Uh, downloading, 
takes up so much space on your hard drive. So you have to go buy these hard drives just to have so much space. They take forever to download. Now, they're more convenient because you sure. can swap games on the fly. But you know what? Nothing like the old, like, just swapping out your cartridge and putting in a new one. It was... That's just what I grew up loving. Kind of still love that. So I'm going to go old school on that. I'm right there with you, Tone. Well, folks, that does it for this segment of Analog versus Digital. When we come back, we're heading into the final segment of the show. Yes, it's time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks, and we've made it not only to the final segment of this episode, but also the final segment of the week. Uh, on this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, want to remind everybody that it is a holiday weekend, so uh, we will be running a best of on Monday. Give everybody a little bit of a break. And then uh, next week's uh, schedule is a little TBD at this point, but uh, ultimately we'll figure it out, let you guys know on social media. Now, if you missed a portion of this show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? Yes, I am. I'm a super god. I'm the greatest god. I'm the best god I've ever got. <laughs> you little, you little ugly, butchy lady. Oh, while There's you're there. There's no sound bites, so. That's all right. While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Like, subscribe, follow, tweet. Maybe somebody's CEO will see it and hire us. There you go. Put the tweet out there, Rebecca. <laughs> well, folks, as we like to do in this segment, drop a little knowledge on you. Hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, uh, kicking things off this day in 1505, after an encounter with a violent thunderstorm, Martin Luther declares that he will become a monk. Too bad he didn't have a buddy to be his thunder buddy. Yeah, he could have. He could have used that. Yeah, yeah that's the Fuck thing. Fuck you, thunder. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, after that thunderstorm, I think I'm just gonna be a monk. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Moving on this day in 1787, the Marquis de Sade shouts from Bastille that prisoners are being slaughtered. Of course, you know, that's the period of time where everybody was getting the guillotine. Yeah. Heads chopping, heads are rolling, off with their heads. They're all gonna die. <laughs> rolling on this day in 1843, speaking of thunderstorms, here's an odd one. An alligator falls from the sky during a thunderstorm in Charleston, South Carolina. Now that... It's frightening, especially if you're afraid of gators. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you, I'm sure you deal with gators uh, in South Carolina, too, I think, along the south. But uh, to just fall from the sky, that's like flying snakes. Hell no. No, thanks. No, thanks. 
Probably yeah. got whipped up in like a hurricane or something. <laughs> Raining cats and dogs, mass hysteria. Let's keep rolling on this day in 1865. One-time Methodist Reformed Church minister William Booth and his wife Catherine found the East London Christian Mission, now known as the Salvation Army. Oh. Not, a, not a real army. You can't send them to war, obviously. Uh, you know, they collect your old coats and clothing or uh, broken uh, vacuums that you want to uh, not take to the dump. Uh, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Yep. But, uh, you know, Salvation Army does a lot of good work. They do a lot of great work. I was like, that's a pretty modern day photo, but it was from my 1955 movie. Yep. Gotcha. <laughs> Rolling on this day in 1881, U.S. President James Garfield is shot by Charles Guiteau, a disappointed office seeker. Garfield dies 79 days later. Mm. Um, I didn't realize that he was one of the presidents that was uh, assassinated. I didn't either. Garfield and friends. And there you go. <laughs> Different Garfield. <laughs> All right, moving on this day in 1900, the first flight of LZ-1, a dirigible airship designed by Graf Ferdinand von Zeppelin at Lake Constance near Frederikshafen, Germany, obviously named after the Zeppelin. And, uh, you know, it, it was because of the, uh, uh, the not the Lindenburg, the uh, Hindenburg that, uh, you know, caught on fire, blew up that we don't see Zeppelins flying around today. No. Which, again, like the, the, the other world, the fringe, would be kind of creepy to see that. That would be cool, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's even odd to uh, you know see the Goodyear blimp from time to time. Yeah. Imagine seeing them everywhere. All right, let's keep moving on this day in 1901. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid rob a train of $40,000 at Wagner, Montana. Of course, by today's money, that's probably, what, like $80 million? I don't yeah, know. I, I don't would know say what the conversion that. rate is. Which Cassidy and his little outlaw holding the wall gang. Very cool, though, that, uh, you know, we've got sort of modern American folklore through the uh, the Old West and, you know, Jesse James, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, just sort of a neat thing that we get to experience here. Absolutely. All right, rolling on. I've got the wrong soundbite pulled up. Here we go. This day in 1921. In boxing's first million-dollar gate, world heavyweight champion Jack Dempsey knocks out Frenchman George Carpentier in round four of his third title defense. Crowd of 91,000 at Boyle's 30 Aces in New Jersey, sorry, in Jersey City, New Jersey. Wow. Down goes Dempsey. Wait, just kidding. Dempsey is the winner. I apologize. <laughs> I'm Steve Harvey. Down goes Carpier, round four of your champion, Jack, the dumpster Dempsey. <laughs> I notice, Tone, as you get into it, you start dipping down into the uh, yeah. frame of the screen. <laughs> I, I just kind of hide out. <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling on this day in 1937. This answers a question that we've asked many times here in this segment. Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan disappear flying over the Pacific Ocean en route to Howland Island. Noonan is declared dead the following year, and Earhart is declared the year after in 1939. Why declare him dead at two separate times? Yeah, I don't get it. They were on the same flight, so it's almost like they'd uh, be dead unless she threw him. Like, oh, that was the day Amelia tossed out Noonan from her plane. <laughs> um, I'm sure they're somewhere, unfortunately, in the ocean because uh, they were never found to yep. this day, right? They yep. never found the wreckage, nothing. Bottom of the ocean or some you know island that they uh, died on that uh, has been yet undiscovered. Yeah. Who knows? Something. 
All right, let's keep moving on this day in 1941. Joe DiMaggio hits a three-run homer off of Boston's Dick Newsom to pass Willie Keeler's MLB record 44-game hit hitting streak. Um, boy, back in the day when everybody was named after a penis. Yeah, Dick Newsom, Willie Keeler. <laughs> hey, I got a, I got a, today I hit a three-homer off Dick. Yeah, and I passed that Willie because, man, I like to get that streak going. <laughs> Let's keep moving on. This day in 1956, Elvis Presley records Hound Dog and Don't Be Cruel, uh, two classic Presley songs. I got two songs there. there Christian, I uh, recorded this thing on this day called Hound Dog uh-huh, and, and, and Don't Be Cruel. I was shaking my hips. I was making them girls a little, uh, you know, wiggly jiggly down their panties. It was good. <laughs> Gave them a little hound dog action, uh-huh. Not every day you hear the uh, term wiggly jiggly. Wiggly jiggly. Down my, down my thrust. My thrust system 3000 there. <laughs> Let's keep moving on this day in 1962. Sam Walton opens his first Walmart store in Rogers, Arkansas. Too bad that was the only one he ever opened. Nobody yeah. ever heard from him again. Never, never heard of Sam Walton. <laughs> he looks like George McFly. He Lorraine, does. Lorraine, I got this idea. You're also Lorraine, but you're, you're Lorraine Walton. I'm going to open this store called Walmart. We're going to roll back. We're going to deliver low prices every day. That's right, Lorraine. And we're going to invite in the scourge of the earth for people we to are. Uh, people watch. Because I'm Sam. Sam Walton. <laughs> Let's keep rolling on this day in 1964. Celia Black records the Lennon-McCartney song, It's For You, with Paul McCartney playing the piano in that song. Celia Black, thank you. We're going to, me and uh, Linda, we're going to, um, oh wait, it's not me and Linda. It's me and Linda. Me and Lennon, we're going to do It's For You, but it's a, it's going to be about my girl, Linda. <laughs> that works. Be sure. I had to recover because my brain saw that as Linda, not Lennon. That's all right. It's Friday. We're almost done. So, uh, Moving on this day in 1979, the Susan B. Anthony dollar is issued, the first U.S. coin to honor a woman. And I always loved them because they always uh, look like little gold pieces, which was yeah, kind of cool. They're awesome. Also, Susan B. Anthony is the librarian in Ghostbusters. Totally. Especially yeah. based off this picture. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, great opening scene. Totally. All right. Uh, let's move on. Let's find probably want, time for a couple more. One, you want a few good ones, yep. don't you? Here we go. This day in 2005, 10 Live 8 concerts held around the world, organized by Bob Geldof to raise awareness of poverty. Uh, do you remember those going down, the Live 8 concerts? I don't no. remember who played. I and, couldn't uh, tell you any of that. I remember Woodstock 99 with Limp Biscuit burning some shit during their set. Uh <laughs> But yeah, dude, I couldn't, if you would have, I couldn't, I don't even know who Bob Geldof is, so. Uh, I think he was the organizer of uh, Live Aid, you know, oh, okay. back in the 80s, but uh, this one he titled this one, Live this Aid. One, this one kind of uh, hit. It looks like, uh, reading it, well, it was Paul McCartney, U2, Coldplay, Elton John, Sting, Madonna, The Who. Yeah, a few fun. people we've yeah, heard of. Big, yeah. big bands, never heard yeah. of it, though. All right, and then finally, this day in history, this day in 2019, the newly re rediscovered Lewis chess piece sells at auction for $735,000 in London. That is a lot of money for a little chess piece for a guy who looks like uh, he has no idea what the he hell is going on. He out. <laughs> it's it almost put a crown on my head. <laughs> oh, and finally, before we head out for the day, for the day, the day, the day, day, let's roll into that weekend. Wubbas. Let's run down those holidays. Wubbity wub. Where we talk about the things we yeah. like to. Have.
celebrate. For instance, today is Comic Sans Day, the worst of all the fonts. It is Drive Your Corvette to Work Day. If my dad had a place to drive to, he'd probably drive it. There you go. It is Freedom from Fear of Speaking Day. Um, we don't have that fear, uh, mm, even though we sometimes not. struggle with speaking. We, we do struggle. Today, there was some struggles. Today is I Forgot Day. That's kind of every day mm. in some cases. Today is Made in the USA Day. Yay, America! <laughs> it is National Anaset Day. I have no idea what Anaset is. Special Recreation for the Disabled Day. Right. It is World Sports Journalists Day. And finally, it is World UFO Day. So Ooh, It's also Ultimate Fantastic Day, the band that's playing now. They dropped a new album today. Listen to them on Spotify. Shameless plug. Very cool. Well, folks, that does it for the week. We will see you all maybe Tuesday. Stay tuned. Peace!